0: Hi everybody, it's Pat from what we're calling the Sales Engineering University here and the first video I'm gonna do with you is uh, in the series. It's gonna be called What is a Sales Engineer? So this is video one that I'll be doing now the easiest way to break this down is to say what are the things that typically you're going to see from sales now this is uh, not from a sales engineer perspective but what do you see just in normal sales Uh, well for one they're quota based you know get dollars or you're fired and uh, that can be annual it can be uh, an annual dollar amount which is for your larger ticket items right they take a lot more in the course of a sales cycle they can also be in uh, pipeline percent it's a little bit harder to figure out how many deals are how close to closing um, I'll just kind of leave it like that, and uh, sometimes it can even be on <clears throat> on the pipeline what is active, the active count. If I clear my throat it's because of my severe allergies I have to damn near everything. Uh, one good thing though that I can say uh, about sales, and I should have probably said this at, at, at the start for sales, is that typically when you think of your, your average salesperson, they're usually what? They're usually going to be good in front of people, bad or poor. If we want to be nice, uh, with the technology or, or whatever it is we're selling. Okay, so let's keep that in mind as we talk about the differences uh, between a, a straight-up salesperson. What are the what are the The attributes that we see, right? One of them is to grow their accounts. Uh, We call this retention. In other words, these are accounts you already have that are already have uh, income is already coming from them. But many times, uh, especially recently, I've seen where their comp is such that. If you're going to make any money on, let's say, recurring revenue, annual support and update services, things like that, they have to be in the first PO. In other words, you have to sell, if you have three years of maintenance, they have to be sold three years of maintenance with the initial purchase in order for our rep to get comp uh, comp for it. If, however, they get one year of annual support and update service, um, and then a year later they want another year, most companies will not pay the rep for that second year even though that rep is keeping that customer happy enough to want another year of support and update service. So the comp plan, like I always say, you want to know what you sell for a company, look at the comp plan. Of course going along with growing the accounts is going to be target accounts. We call this acquisition, right? acquiring accounts. My writing will not get better over time. This is where you see uh, some of their job might be cold calls and prospecting. It's up to the company as to how they see branches and national as... Uh, a different department within the same account, things like that, how you handle your national accounts with local offices, stuff like that. The um, the interesting part about uh, the characteristic of sales reps is they usually do not work with others in the company, right? In the company, and that's because really it's going to be our prospect or customer over here a rep here trying to sell to them really anybody who tries to get to that customer the rep will try to stop them and i think rightly so uh, and only go through them right we don't need the customer or the prospect having a lot of ways around our rep uh, only in the case of support right we don't want the rep to be in the way of that but you got to cc the rep so he understands what's going on on that account what uh... are there opportunities So that's what we're most concerned about when we talk about that the fifth characteristic that we uh... and and again sales engineering that's a big part of that is where we come in the fifth characteristic uh... that i can think of is a hunter attitude kind of goes a little bit with number four The hunter attitude means working with salespeople, and I'm not making any assumptions about my audience here. A hunter attitude means, excuse me, that they're basically a loner, in other words they don't hunt in packs, and um, let's just say confident now disconfidence or lack of humility it makes them alienate the other team members and the reason for this there's lots of reasons but one of the ones and don't take this the wrong way has to do with blame management blame management is something I want to return to for a complete other video typically our rep is looked at by management as a Rolodex of contacts or, to put it a different way, a resource for the CSM system, customer service management. We want to get as much of that information that that individual has into the CSM system so that uh, we can manage it when they're gone. This causes a little bit of friction, obviously, between the rep and the company, because they say, well, once you have everything in my Rolodex, you don't need me. You can make calls. You know who to call. You know all about them and their history and such. And this is the real reason i found over the years why you find sales reps not wanting to use CSM systems. What did you do? What call did you make? What do they say? Paste email in, things like that. They say it's because it takes too much time, but let's face it. Who wants to put themselves out of a job, right? So, these are the characteristics. Um, if you can, if you can uh, find any more, or whatever, please let me know. There's your typical sales rep. Now let's talk about our typical engineer. Now for that one we'll use purple. So, a typical engineer in a company. Well, what are their characteristics? Well, uh, first of all, sometimes they're just programmers, or uh, let's just say, if they are programmers, they're usually working in engineering de- or uh, development or. Uh, R&D, if if you want to call it that in a company. And they're doing a couple things. They might be bug fixing the stuff that's already out there. They could be creating new stuff, new features, new release, whatever. Or they can provide Tier 3 support. To support, that is, our existing customers. So an engineer, <clears throat> whatever you want to call them, one of the things you can see them do is that. The uh, let's see, the uh, other thing they would do. Oh, there. Well, I forgot to do my little part at the top. You remember how we said that sales reps were great with people but not so good with technology guess what these guys are the opposite good with tech <clears throat> let's just uh, I don't want to slam anybody poor or unexperienced with people and I'm just gonna say people in general but we really we're talking about sales we're talking about um, why we're in front of people, and representing the company from a technical perspective, not usually trained for that, not usually any experience doing that at all. So, I know, right? I messed up the one. Man, this purple's thick. Another thing that that makes engineers unique is that they're not performance compensated our sales reps definitely work our sales reps uh you do good and you're going to make money you don't do good you don't performance compensated uh comp plan commission uh these guys if they're lucky they get a bonus maybe <clears throat> company objectives for stock i've seen Uh, I've been a part of that kind of thing. A third characteristic of just an engineer is they uh, very seldom, if ever, are used as a sales uh, resource. So they're not called upon to explain something to a customer. Uh, They might be called if, and I've seen reps do demos, Uh, a rep has a a pre-done VM or something, and they're like, well, I'm having a problem, let me call somebody, hey, it's doing this, what can I do? Oh, let me see it, let me take over the machine, WebEx, remote desktop into it, that kind of thing. But really, that's more of a break-fix kind of a thing, that's not really, and, and if that happens in a demo, I mean, you know, let the rep do what they want, but I mean, fixing the software in front of a prospect, that's that's right up there with the, the things you never want to do. The uh, The other thing is that they have different titles, but they're really all kind of, honestly, they're the same thing. Uh, you might hear them called a developer or an IT manager. Uh, what, what are the other ones? Uh, well, programmer, we already said. Uh, developer, these kinds of things. They're all the same thing. It just depends on what you're doing, how glorified you want it to be. You could be a release manager, that kind of thing. Um, And lastly, um, they're going to have really good technical skills. I know I said good with tech, but these are the people who know the software from when it was very first being developed. The bugs, the unfortunately they're not always the best at the user interface because they're not using it as a user and I've run into this problem myself as a developer it's uh, it's wonderful, it's got a button for everything yeah well that's the problem, there's a button for everything nobody knows which one to push or whatever and I'm so focused on this huge manual of how to use it right so the most intuitive software would have no manual. Alright you can see that a sales rep and an engineer are pretty darn different. And so you say, well geez Pat, what? Uh, <clears throat> what's all this about the sales engineer then? How can... surely you can't mix those because, right, they're so different. Well, actually you can. And I don't even know how to describe it to you but it's kind of, uh, and I'll explain it to you, but I don't know how to describe it, it's kind of like you're the best of both, the worst of neither. So let's take let's take it just like it looks. Let's draw a nice little line here and we'll put sales over here and we'll put engineer over here. Now we just went through all this so we're very familiar with how uh, a, a classical sales and a classical engineer are. So, we should be able to fill in the blanks here pretty quickly, pretty easily with what a sales engineer does. And, if we're lucky, we're also the good at the people, right? So, we're good with people and we're good with tech. That's the ideal situation on the techie side of engineering. engineering. So, to keep this brief, uh, the first thing we do is we craft proposals. And this is on the sales side uh, RFXs. What does that mean? RFP, RFI, RFO, uh, uh, RFCs, right? Pick whatever suffix you like. On the engineering side, uh, one of the characteristics, uh, oh, they create uh, as an engineer, we create software demos. <clears throat> this is something engineering wouldn't do, uh, and we would do this most of the time with their data. In other words, most of the time, prospects want to see their stuff in your stuff. Number two, what do does a sales engineer do on the sales side? Uh, we what's a good way to put this? We're a bartender to the reps. In other words, we are, as a sales engineer, we have many different reps that we have to interface with. No two are going to be the same in their skill level, and how good they are with personal skills, things like that, but we have to give them the help aid and assistance that they need so that when they go to the customers and prospects, they give a unified or similar experience to each one of the the, uh, prospects and customers on the sales engineer engineer side now to make this clear the engineer side the second thing would be uh, well first off we're very comfortable in uh, many different programming languages your typical sales engineer is gonna do Linux, Unix scripting languages, uh, C, those kinds of languages uh, on the POSIX side, and they're going to do .NET, Java, uh, and, and Java on the other side too, uh, for PCs and other devices. So We definitely do many programming languages that come from a programming background. I program every single week in at least one language um, lately I've been on a project so I've been doing just one language but often we have to do multiple you have to be comfortable in whatever you come across that's why you don't want somebody who says well I'm guy and you go into a Java shop well what are you gonna do? Oh sorry I don't know Java you know tough luck you're not a very good resource at that point are you and you certainly can't fake it in front of people so a third one might be an outstanding and I, I, I mean five stars public speaker. You need to be somebody who has zero problem getting in front of anybody. And by the way, along with with crafting is you have to be an exceptional writer, user of your language. The third thing over here is you're gonna have to be, because that software runs on something, a hardware and how it connects, a networking expert. Expert! Should have worked in a knock written training manuals, that kind of thing, work on hardware, tearing routers apart, that kind of thing. Because everything you go into in a prospect is going to be connected to something somehow. uh, Another thing here is, oh, like most of these I just do them off the top of my head, Uh, understanding um, sales. What is sales? Uh, on the second video, we're actually going to talk about sales a little bit, the sales part of sales engineering, why you need to know this, because a lot of folks think, well, i just an engineer. Uh, you have to understand how it works. You're going to be a key resource in helping somebody sell. You have to be as knowledgeable as they are in what they do for a living. Just makes sense. The fourth thing you have to do is exude technical confidence. You know how it is. The The rep will say one thing and everybody will go, oh yeah, yeah, he always says whatever, and they'll look over at the engineer, you know. Is he telling the truth? You need to be somebody so technical that when their snipers and sharks come out from their technical, their engineering uh, part of the prospect, and they start trying to catch you up on acronyms and just what you're talking about and how it would interface with them, that you're able to nail them and not do what I consider the largest faux pas, which is to say, oh, well, I'll have to get back to you. That's a great question. So no, no, no. A sales engineer is there at every single meeting to make sure we never come back with anything about our stuff. You can go and do whatever you need to do to get us more information, but no, we answer all questions right then and there. So for our fifth one, over here on the sales side, we as sales engineer, we work well with sales management. Now, what does this mean? what it means is each one of these reps, remember how I said each one has a different skill set, a different uh, experience level we work with them to give the reps, the exposure to or the opportunity to grow in certain areas by making certain situations available to them, certain things we will do and won't do for them, that kind of thing because most of them want you to do as much of their job as possible. In that way we help sales management also get an idea of how they're doing in the field. Most companies used to just care about the bottom line, right? Is there a is there a good number in a spreadsheet so companies are getting better now and sales managers are actually trying to improve the people and, and put some money into them and see if they can keep them which is a really great trend and the only people that can do this objectively because the managers aren't out there with the reps are the sales engineers and that's one of the things you're gonna you're gonna do and you should be very privileged to do that to help somebody else's career the fifth thing over on the engineering side would be well for one thing we do a lot of we do a lot of writing like we would do a lot of white papers I also very common are things like along with proposals and stuff which uh, they do have an engineering angle right they have to work but also we will do web content graphics content for various media. I do things like design trade show booths and the animations that go on them and visual representations of a demo, right, like a, a mock demo, vaporware, whatever you want to call it, so you don't have to actually run live software. You can show a movie of something happening and make it look just like it's the actual software running. This avoids the inevitable, it won't work when you do it live, problem. The sixth thing that you're going to find the, the best sales and engineers are are good trainers. We would again, kind of, with the sales management, uh, training is a, a huge issue that I can get into in a whole separate other video. But training is more like 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 customers. Like, hey, we've got we bought the base options here. We've been thinking about getting this other stuff here. What's that going to do for us? And you need to be able to break it down nice and concise. This option lets you do this. This option lets you do that. This option gets rid of this problem that you may be having. Tell me more about what you're trying to do. I've traveled all over the country and North America for another company training VARs, value-added resellers. This is when, and it's an interesting situation, especially if you have a company that's the majority or the vast majority of their sales come from channels. Channels meaning People aren't giving you money, they're giving somebody else money. The interesting thing about a reseller is they don't have to resell your stuff. That VAR, when they go to their customer or their prospect, prospect, (laughs) they have you, they have competitor one and competitor two, let's say, they have to choose which one they're going to put into this environment. Well, ideally we'd love for them to choose us all the time, but you know what? It's not enough just to say that you want it there. They're very... I could, again, maybe I should check into this in a whole separate video. There's a series of things that you need to do totally different than anything else to get a channel to choose you over your competitors or other products that may be perceived as doing what you do, and that's a whole other interesting story. So the care and feeding of channels is not automatic. When companies say, gee whiz, we'd really like to get to a complete resellment," we're just selling licenses and we can focus on... Well, it doesn't actually work that way. It's, it's not like you just get money mailed into you. You have to care and feed those things, or else somebody else is going to get your business. And that's the drawback of having a var is that they can well they can r whatever r they want as a var. So you can see vars. There are reps. Oftentimes, I'm asked to take a new sales rep and say, Hey, what do we do? What's what's the product? What here's the training manual. Maybe we have a course, a training course, and I give the training course to the rep or. I might even be the trainer for our customers and prospects and I'll come in and do a week course of uh, administration or basic operation or development design and so a sales engineer has to be just ready to float right into any of these and do them. And As you can see already it's become a really interesting varied job in that we're not sitting there doing one thing all the time. The the other interesting thing, and I don't really have a, a great way to, to write this, but graphically I can explain it, is that we are, we basically create and maintain respect, oh geez, that's a really strange way of saying it, isn't it? But within our company. So here's our company, the sales engineer is in the center of the organization when it comes to the deal. All right, and I'll leave it at that. I'll explain in other videos why that's true. But for the sake of the deal, the sales engineer is in the middle. And everybody else, here's our rep, here's our manager, here's development, here's engineering, they all are in here. Marketing, advertising, you've got exec management. Everybody works with and and you can even include the customers and prospects. Everybody goes to us. We're the bartender. We're the one, like I said over here, we're kinda like the bartender. We're the one that everybody comes to for the sake of the deal. The rep will likely not talk to anybody in engineering they the best qualities of a rep are the worst qualities to get along with development people and engineering. but we need those obnoxious, if I can say it skills in a rep, forward, plastic, shallow, whatever you want to call it. We love those skills because that's what gets deals right so the sales engineer has to kind of funnel all that. We don't necessarily want executives talking directly to the customers and the prospects. I can go ahead and let them know I've got a relationship with them. We can go ahead and t- if I need you, right? if I need the executive to come in and wield some horsepower and, as we used to say in the in the service, flash around the spaghetti and the scrambled eggs, then uh, great. But no, marketing and advertising—they're going to want to know what's working out there, what isn't working out there. So it's just a taste of of that little diagram there and it would take a whole seven or eight minute video of just that diagram. Basically, reps alienate themselves and they just do that because of the nature of who we want to be in that job. They just do a really good job at everything else, right? And didn't we say that? People, but no good with the tech and everything. So, what else do we have? Oh, probably the most important thing, and being as I came from an engineering background and and learned how to make people successful, is there's a special trait of sales engineers that I don't think anybody's going to argue with me is more important than everything else on both of these, and that's humility. Humility is an extraordinarily hard thing for any engineer to have. I'm sorry, I've been all over the world, that's just the way it is. Engineers, uh, remember we were talking about classical engineer model, a classical engineer sees themselves as the talent. They're the ones with the crown. They're the ones that everybody should be really happy to be able to work with. But the problem is that we are an engineering resource, we're highly technical, we're the authority. We are not the center of the universe in a sale. Yes, we're in the center of the universe over here when we were talking about for the sake of the deal. But as far as the is concerned, no, it has nothing to do with us, really. Who sold them? The salesman, right? We're not a salesperson. We don't close. You didn't see anything in here that said closing, prospecting, anything like that. And I'll talk about that in a second video you have to be the king maker. If you are not comfortable thrusting others into the spotlight, you cannot fake this. All right? Don't even bother getting into this field. You'll be very, very unhappy at the attention ad-boys, pats on the back, warm fuzzies that you will not get. Let that sink in. The last thing I would say on an engineering side that we do, just because we're running out of room here, is we are kind of to the, to the point of my little diagram over here, my little thumbnail. We are a very valuable resource to people like product development managers, business development managers, and, and to tech support, obviously, because we play that role as well. Up here somewhere I said tier three. if I didn't we're definitely tier tier 3 up here somewhere for the tech support that we do and by this I mean the product development manager what's working what isn't working the business development manager says what are they telling you in other words if if you had blank I'd buy it well They want to know what this is. If you had this feature, now who's going to tell them that? The sales rep is not going to tell them that. For one thing, the sales rep is not comped on doing this or this. And you got to give your props to your salespeople. They will not do anything, and I mean anything, that is not in their comp plan. So if their comp plan is to close deals, don't expect any of this to be done by them. But the interesting point is that nobody else will do this. There is nobody else in the sales organization for sure, and the engineering for sure, that does these things. Yes, they will do the things that we showed earlier, where we showed the classical sales role and the classical engineering role, or classic engineering role, but nobody does, and especially not one person. Very difficult to get one person that can give you this much value. And so these are the things that we see that make a sales engineer. So a sales engineer, thinking about all this, I don't know why I decided to do a a dry board, I I just didn't want to kill everybody with PowerPoint. I kinda like the dry board, I mean, in a call. I like to be on at least the very first call, but when I get down to the point where I'm actually uh, working with a customer uh, or the prospect one of the things I do and I'm gonna do it on this one as well is I always make sure that I have a dollar sign someplace on my surface and the reason is that we're helping people make money and we don't do it for free. There's a value to what we provide and we give you that value if we give it to you free you well for one thing we go out of business right but also you would not value it so we charge as a very insightful sales manager once told me says if your if your customers aren't complaining your price isn't high enough so we charge money for what we do and because there's a big sales component half of what you do you need to understand that sales is very important. You are not a charity, not to your family, and not to your prospects' customers, and certainly not to your employer. Yes, you give those engineering skills, but the good ones that are gonna get you to where you need to be, you're very uncomfortable, let's say, working in a cubicle. Money I always put on my dry board, but this just reminds me as I as I wrap this up here we go and I I try to do these off the cuff, I've done so many of them I just pull this right out of my imagination some of the other characteristics of a sales engineer that don't fall under sales or engineer the best situation is we have at least a commission like a commission? and optionally a bonus for our comp. And gee, why do you want to have commission? Well, commission gives you what we like to call skin in the game. What will happen is you'll see reps protect their accounts and they should because they don't want somebody very technical and again if you're an untried commodity in your company and you still haven't proven yourself, they might fear that you're going to say the wrong thing in front of that prospect or customer. And by the wrong thing, my God, do I have stories. Gee whiz, are you the one that bought that ABC piece of equipment there? Oh, that thing's a piece of junk. Well, come to find out that ABC piece of equipment was purchased by the prospect customer that you're sitting in front of. Well, you just said absolutely the most wrong thing you could possibly say. So these are the kind of gut reactions that reps are very afraid of of engineer types, techie types uh, making. And you really can't blame them. So you have to be tactful. And a great way to be tactful is to be on commission. And the rep says, well, you wouldn't say anything just to say it art for art's sake, would you? You're saying things because you're comped on the deal as well, so you're not going to say anything that's going to challenge that money going into your pocket. And just like, you know, you say follow the money, that's why I put this up here. Bonus might be, is the region meeting their objective? Does the stock reach a certain level? Things like that. Another interesting thing, a characteristic of a good sales engineer, and this is why I created the uh, Wikipedia entry because so many companies are getting confused into thinking that a sales engineer is a sales rep or an engineer is we almost always telecommute. There's no such thing as an inside sales engineer. I don't want to ever see that again in a job description. And the reason we telecommute is because I've never sold anything sitting in a cube. Never. I don't know how people do it. No customer is going to buy million dollar software or anything else from you if they have to come to you. You have to get out and go to them. And that's the only way it's gonna happen. And and there's a couple of really great reasons for that but just trust me. It's because your stuff is expensive enough that they should have you coming to them and courting them. It has nothing to do with whether they need it or not. It's just respect. And people who dump lots of money want lots of respect. You have a lot of money in a bank, you want them to know your name. You come to a bar all the time and uh, buy lots of drinks there, you want them to know your name, right? Same kind of deal. So we telecommute. Why? Because we want to be out in the field. And there's a reason. There's my rep. Why aren't I with him? How can I support sales remotely as some, whatever people are calling inside sales engineers or solutions engineers or anything like that? It doesn't happen. You're also going to find that we do a lot of travel. If you're not ready to travel because of this whole deal, you're not going to like it. Because you have to travel at most as much as the rep. Because the best situation is when you're in front of the customer or the prospect every single time the rep is. You don't want to have to come in, the stories I could tell you, last moment, and come to find out the rep has sold them something that we don't even do. We don't even come close to doing it. But they figure, hey, we can just buy somebody else's stuff, call it ours, and just throw it in there. It'll be fine. At least we get to sell something I get a commission on. Well, you know, making a solution by buying stuff at the store and then repackaging it is yours, there's a couple of really great reasons why you don't never do that. So you can avoid the rep embarrassing themselves. You can avoid having to walk away from an opportunity because of, uh, frankly, a lack of communication by always being there with the rep. So be expect to travel. You're going to be frequent flyer. You're going to have all kinds of hotel cards, all kinds of everything. have to have a really good, solid marriage if you are married. But the nice thing is you also get to take your loved ones with you in a lot of places. You build a good rapport with your company. You can travel to some place out of state, stay there a couple of extra days on your dime, and they're still paying for the flight back and forth. So, yeah, you pay for the hotel for a day or two extra, and you can stay there, or you can stay there with your loved ones or whatever, because let's face it, your wife can sleep in the same bed that you sleep still paying for one bed. I mean, it's no big deal. The company doesn't spend any more money and so there's certain perks like that if you like to travel, if you like to get around uh, I like it because of the variety. I like the fact that I'm not working in a foundry or a factory I like the fact that every single day is going to be totally and completely different and based on how well people listen to you or how experienced they are those surprises and differences might be good. So I think I covered all the real basic things here and each one of them could probably do a good five or six minutes on each one but I wanted to give in this very first video with my horrible writing a very good overview of when somebody says they're they're looking for a sales engineer. If you're a company out there and you think that a sales engineer is an engineer with a quota or you think it's a sales rep that needs to sell something technical you're ruining everything for everybody. You're hurting the art, you're confusing the customer, you're probably paying everybody wrong, and it it kinda makes you look like you don't know what you're doing when the prospects, customers, and potential employees look at these job descriptions, okay? So keep an eye on your HR. These folks don't do what you do for a living. They're trying to describe what you do for a living. So, if you see this kind of travesty happening where you're seeing a sales engineer position you're like great it's a sales engineer position and they're like well you got to call call you got to make all this quote you got to do all these things we talked about in the classical sales rep you know yell at them write them a letter I, I usually send them an email back and say you're completely off base with this you're not going to find the people you want and it's making your company look stupid fix it you know you're hurting everybody by by not matching the job description to what the job is now it used to be again I'll just get off my my soapbox here it used to be that we didn't have sales engineers i called myself an executive overlay at uh, one very large company 14 years ago so field engineers is another interesting way but that that makes you think that it's that it's more of post sales right fulfillment one, one that I used a lot in the interim was, people say, what do you do? Well, I'm a sales consultant. Ah, oh. That was the best way we could describe it, because we didn't have something called sales engineers. And this is probably, if we still didn't have the word sales engineer, I probably would use this word, because really, you're in the business of making salespeople successful however you want to call this word that's what you do whether you're a sales engineer because we're talking about software or very complicated things uh, you want to call yourself a consultant you consult with on or for the sales rep you're there to make somebody else successful and there you go that's our very very first video just an intro into what a sales engineer is I'm just gonna label these videos one two three just so they're easier to get through and organize and alphabetize and things like that so the next one that I'm doing is going to be a video that focuses uh, almost exclusively on the sales part of sales engineering. What do we do that's part of sales? And I just put a couple of bullets there, but I want to relate to you a couple of interesting things about sales and knowledge of sales that we have to be, as I'd said earlier, as knowledgeable or more knowledgeable in how to sell what we have than the people that we're supporting that are selling it. Yes, you might call it we're doing their job, but you know what? It's... Better that we understand what a person's doing when we're supporting them, than to rely on that person to tell us what their job is. Because we're gonna believe whatever anybody says unless we know better. And with the kind of money that a sales engineer should be making, you need to take the effort. You need to figure out what's going on. Don't believe anybody. Listen to it all, but do your research. And that research is gonna include my next video. So really, thank you so much, and I welcome your feedback.